The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Text the show on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Well, it is a Friday, which means I am out here at Riverwind Casino in Steely's stead. Oh, thank you so much. A, ri- a Riverwind employee has just brought me all of my talking points for the day. If you're not out here at Riverwind Casino, well, odds are you're probably not off work yet on a Friday. I know some of you, I know some of you took off work early to go Check out Sooner Softball at Love's Field as the Sooners open their new palace, Patty's Palace, out at the University of Oklahoma today. Not going to mention any names, but I actually, I was sitting at a Chick-fil-A this morning prepping for the show, and I ran into at least a couple of you that were playing hooky to go watch Sooner Softball. But that is activity that I personally encourage. Parker Thune here with you. Drake Dykin is back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios Drake, it's a huge day for Oklahoma athletics, and I think that's the natural place to start. The Sooners will open with a doubleheader at Love's Field. They take on Miami of Ohio this afternoon and Liberty this evening as they kick off the new era of OU softball at their palatial new accommodations. Big day. Enormous day, and I mean, that's just the stuff that's happening in Norman. Like you said, you've got the grand opening, as it were, of Love's Field today and this weekend. You've got gymnastics uh, hosting over at the LNC tonight. Baseball's out in Vegas at the Vegas uh, College Baseball Classic that they're hosting, uh, playing three really good teams this weekend. You've got basketball uh, hosting the number one team in the nation tomorrow. Women's basketball goes to Lawrence. I mean... It is going to be quite the weekend. There's uh, there's tons of other stuff going on too. I'm sure with between wrestling, between uh, men's gymnastics, everything else. So yeah, it is alive and well for the OU athletic department this weekend. It's also going to be a big month out here at Riverwind Casino. A whole bunch of March promotions on tap. The Night Owl promotion, the 100K Emerald Magic Riches, the 6K Layups in the Loft promotion, the Lucky's 30K Clubs and Clovers promotion, and the Riverwind OBI Blood Drive out here on Wednesday, March 20th in the Showplace Theater, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. All donors will receive $10 in bonus play and a scratcher. So you come out here to Riverwind Casino, you donate blood, you're going to get some free bonus play. Riverwind is the place to be. In fact, so much so, Drake, that when I was pulling up to Riverwind, wheeling the equipment on in here to do the show, I saw a car in the parking lot that looked suspiciously like Steely's. I'm not accusing him of anything, but we know he hasn't gone anywhere mm-hmm. on vacation this week. We know he's still around. I have a sneaking suspicion 
that he's somewhere at Riverwind gambling on a Friday instead of hosting oh, a radio show. Well, there is zero doubt about that. He's either doing that or he's uh, fighting some tykes on Fortnite this weekend. So, so I, he does do the occasional live stream from there. So maybe he's doing that. Who knows? Who knows? Also, it could be a grand money-making scheme uh, by the company of Cadillac that made at least two copies of the uh, car that he has out there, the same color and everything. Wow, you just outed Steely for driving a Cadillac. That's right. Now people know he's a high roller. That's right. He dropped that nugget a couple weeks ago about having a 4,000-square-foot house, That's and right. people were going, oh, okay, you're, you're hey, one of those folks. Steely. I didn't completely dox him. I didn't give him a color, so I paused there. I guess that's fair. Tactful, tactful doxing by Drake Dyke. That's right. OU softball, once again, is going to play five games over the next three days at Love's Field as Patty Gasso and the Sooners, which are, they're riding, what is it, a 67-game win streak at this point, Drake? So, it's so many that I've lost count. I know that much. Uh, 67, I believe, is what it is right now. So by the end of the day today... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I have no doubt that Tyler McComas has some very creative social content featuring oh, Teddy yeah. Lehman yeah. for when the Sooners inevitably win 69 in a row. Uh, they got to get past the Red Hawks of Miami, Ohio this afternoon. And then Liberty at 5 p.m. tonight will be their opportunity to stretch it to 69 in a row they'll try for 70 and 71 tomorrow another doubleheader 11 a.m and 145 p.m against the louisiana raging cajuns and then liberty once again come sunday 12 30 is first pitch as they take on louisiana yet again so they over the next three days they get miami of ohio they get liberty twice they get louisiana twice so should be a good opportunity this weekend for OU fans to get out there, watch some softball, take in the environment, the brand-new atmosphere out there at Love's Field, and experience what is a state-of-the-art venue across the sports. And obviously this has been a long time coming, Drake. We knew years ago that there was going to be a new softball stadium. We all saw the plans for Love's Field uh, last year, and obviously when the Sooners wrapped up play at Marita Hines, uh, in very, very, uh, what would the word be? Dramatic fashion? Dramatic fashion. I guess that's probably the most straightforward way to put it, with Kinsey Hansen hitting that memorable three-run homer to knock things up. Sooners would later get it done in their own building to send Marita Hines off in style. But once the Sooners played their last game at Marita Hines, this is really, if you're a Sooner softball fan, and I know there are many Sooner fans out there who are diehard about softball, and why wouldn't you be? They're maybe the most dominant force in collegiate athletics over the last quarter century, right up there with Alabama football. Uh, this is a day that many have anticipated for quite some time. Drake? I want to know, what do, you, what do you think of Love's Field? I know we talked about the Oklahoma-shaped scoreboard earlier this week, but all in all, from design to execution, what do you think of the Sooners' brand-new softball venue? Well, I, I mean, it's hard for me to speak on the actual venue itself having not been there today. Um, I had the opportunity to go there today, but just because of everything that was so busy with the station, it just wasn't going to happen schedule-wise. But 
everything from the looks of it, from everything that they're going to do, including improving locker room situations, more restrooms, more concessions. There's actually going to be shade for the infield whenever you're in there because that was like, if you were one of the lucky few that ended up getting into Marita Hines Field, whether it be in the regular season or the postseason, uh, even if you were in one of the infield seats, you were possibly going to get scalded by the sun. That's one of the nice new features of the overhang, uh, being able to bring some shade and some relief for fans whenever uh, we know whenever it gets truly serious at uh, Love's Field this summer, whenever you get into postseason play and it's going to start getting quite warm around Memorial Day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think everything in concept and everything, it, I mean, it is going, like Josie, I believe, said in uh, the ribbon-cutting event earlier, you heard it here on the ref, of this is going to be the envy of everybody in college softball. And it is going to be basically the comparison that anybody moving forward that builds a new softball complex or does a remodel to their current field, anything like that, this is what is going to be the uh, measuring stick moving forward. Now, Patty Gasso had a couple of very poignant comments earlier during the dedication ceremony, uh, she said this stadium is breaking barriers for women's sports. I mean, it's state-of-the-art at the University of Oklahoma uh, for many reasons. State-of-the-art state of across collegiate athletics, across the softball world for many reasons. But I think we can say with some degree of certainty this facility, this stadium doesn't happen if Patty doesn't build the thoroughly dominant program that she has built and maintained for darn near three decades now. And the other comment she made that I thought rang so true and uh, is so significant is she said, this stadium is the final piece of the OU softball program. And that hits the nail on the head, Drake, because as we think about the future for OU softball, they now have the finest stadium in all the land. They have a program that has won three consecutive national titles. They have a coach in Patty Gasso who is so successful and so well-regarded, not just at Oklahoma but nationally, that she's going to get a statue at Love's Field eventually. She herself has won, what, is it seven or is it eight national championships? I've lost Seven, track. I believe, is what Plank said earlier today. Seven. Okay, so we're going for eight. Yep. We're going for eight this year. Patty Gasso. What if Patty Gasso gets eight before OU football Woo! does? Imagine if I told you that in the Man. year 2000. You probably wouldn't have wanted to no, hear it, no. but here we are. Um, but the the positive side of that is uh, just how dominant OU softball has become. Yes, Sooner fans would have loved a national championship in football between now and then, but also uh, they love their Sooner softball team and the level of dominance that they've been the last decade especially. Now – Here's to kind of close the loop on my point there. I think as you look toward the future and you're mindful of all of what Oklahoma softball has at its disposal in terms of tradition and legacy and resources and culture, it's become quite clear, Drake, that what Patty Gasso said about Love's Field, this being the final piece of the puzzle for OU softball program is 100% true. How can any program across the country hope to compete with Patty and the Sooners, at least on a consistent basis, 
until the day that Patty calls it a career. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the monster that she's built right now. And, I mean, the question, too, is, uh, you know, her son, JT, is there on staff and is looked at as kind of the right-hand man of Patty on staff. And, you know, the, the question has to be asked, when Patty does eventually step down, does he take over and – how much of a beat is Skip? Because he's been part of this program uh, throughout this entire dominant run of the last decade. So, um, yeah, I, it's yeah, I don't think that there's with the way that the OU softball program is recruiting right now, it is even more dominant than, and you know how dominant exactly the Alabama recruiting was over the last 15, 20 years under Saban it pales in comparison to what it is that Patty has done here the last few years of basically, all right, here, here's the top 20 girls in the country. We're going to take our pick of them. And almost every year, it seems like the top overall prospect is ending up with OU. So yeah, it's, it's it's just somewhat, it's really unfair what it is. OU's built right now on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, which is available to all of you at 405-651-3439. Bumpy Rhodes says, Coach Kumar from Miami, Ohio, and I are close friends. She thinks, since nobody has played the field, they might have a shot since nobody knows the angles. I told her, friend, you have no shot. <laughs> and that's uh, that is that has been the harsh reality in any meaningful yeah. game for an Oklahoma opponent over the last several years is they have not been completely immune to dropping one here, dropping one there. We saw them go down to Waco and get surprised by Baylor last spring. That was the last loss that Oklahoma has experienced in the sport of softball. But when the chips have been down and Patty's team has needed a win, they've consistently gotten it done over and over and over again to the point where, I mean, I I don't think there's any better example than that final game at Marita Hines. Yeah last year what are the odds that kinsey hansen steps up to the plate and drills a game tying three-run homer down to her final strike yeah and not only for that two count yeah yeah and not only for that moment to happen but for oklahoma to then go and win the game in extra innings this team has been the closest thing to invincible that college athletics has known in this decade in the 2020s slim brady says 69 is a perfect game to end the streak on are you are you suggesting that they throw the game tomorrow slim brady is that the insinuation here i mean i agree i think it would be great if 69 is where the streak ended but i certainly would not be content if that's where the streak ended nor would anybody i think with where oklahoma is as a program right now and how promising their start has been here in 2023, or I'm sorry, 2024. I was a year behind there for a second. The Sooners could very realistically run this thing to triple digits. They could run this thing to 100 consecutive games. A lot has to happen. A lot has to fall their way. But again, when the chips when the chips have been down, they have delivered time and time and time again. Speaking of the chips being down, I am once again out here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Bunch of promotions coming up in March. The Night Owl promotion, 100K Emerald Magic Riches, 6K Layups in the Loft, and the Lucky's 30K Clubs and Clovers promotion. A great month to head on out here to Riverwind Casino. We're going to hit a quick opening timeout, and when we come back, 
Kelvin Sampson returns to the Lloyd Noble Center tomorrow for the first time in how many years, Drake? 2006 was his final year at Oklahoma, That's was right. it not? Yep. And he has not been back since, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. No. So this will be his first game coached in the Lloyd Noble Center since he left the University of Oklahoma for Indiana almost two decades ago. And he's bringing the number one team in the nation to town in his Houston Cougars. A lot of very significant storylines as the Sooners hit the hardwood tomorrow on their home court. We'll discuss it. We'll get to the Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. And much more throughout the show. We're just getting rolling here on a Friday. Parker Thune, Drake Dyken here with you on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. This hour of the Steelman and Thune at Noon Show is brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated and serving the OKC Metro since 2007. For all your heat and air needs, call Lashers at 405-579-3113. Moving on along here on a Friday here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, Parker Thune, Drake Dyken. I'm out here at Riverwind Casino. Never set foot in this place until today. Let me tell you, it is magnificent. If you've never been out here, there are lots of reasons for you to come out here in March, including... Their promotions, the Night Owl, the 100K Emerald Magic Riches, the 6K Layups in the Loft, the Lucky's 30K Clubs and Clovers, and, of course, on Wednesday, March 20th, the Riverwind OBI Blood Drive in the Showplace Theater, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Show up, donate blood, and you'll receive $10 in bonus play plus a scratcher. So plenty of reason to make it on out here to Riverwind Casino right off I-35. Drake... It's a big day tomorrow, big day today in Sooner Athletics, big day tomorrow as well as the Sooners welcome one of the greatest to ever do it for them on the hardwood end of things. Obviously, Billy Tubbs is revered as probably the greatest basketball coach Oklahoma has ever had, but if there's a guy that sits in second place, at least among the consensus from the fan base, it's probably Kelvin Sampson, who coached at Oklahoma from 1994 to 2006. Obviously made a Final Four appearance during that time, fielded some of the best teams that the program has seen, and then departed the Sooners after the 2005-06 season to accept the head coaching job at Indiana, spent some time in the NBA as an assistant, and for the last decade, he's been the head coach of the Houston Cougars, gradually and continuously building a monster that is certainly on par at this point with the best of the best that he fielded in Norman, Oklahoma, and will have a chance this March to capture the crown. They're the number one team in the nation right now. They come to Norman tomorrow to the Lloyd Noble Center, Oklahoma and Houston's first matchup on the hardwood as Big 12 Conference foes. It'll be their only matchup unless they meet again in the postseason. And Sampson returns to his old stomping grounds for the first time in almost 18 years. Now, he met with the media yesterday and reminisced very fondly about his time as head men's basketball coach for the Sooners. Here's what he had to say. So, so all these all these relationships were important um, uh, to me. But, I, you know, you, you started thinking about, um, you know, your, your 12 years there and those – those things inevitably will uh, come into my mind, but you know, I'm excited for the Oklahoma fans to see Hollis and Quanus and Kellen and Lauren, because that's where they spent their formative years. Kellen and Lauren's hometown 
you know, they say, where are you from? They would say Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, they're, that's their, that's their school and that's their, that's their town. And then they're proud of it. There's, there's nobody that uh, follows Oklahoma football on Saturdays more than Kellen. He wears these kids out about uh, Oklahoma and the Sooners and uh, Kellen and Qantas and uh, Lauren are right there with him. So they don't, they dominate the staff meetings on Saturdays or practice uh, when we play, but um that was Kelvin Sampson on returning to the Lloyd Noble Center for the first time since he last coached the Sooners back in 2006. Talking about his kids, uh, well, I should say his kid in Kellen Sampson, Kellen's wife, Lauren, and then, of course, two former Sooners in Hollis Price and Qantas White, who are both assistants on his staff now at Houston. So a lot of OU DNA in that Cougar men's basketball program and I've said it before. I'm willing to say it again. I think regardless of how long Porter Moser's tenure at Oklahoma lasts, whether it's four years or whether it's 14 years, I bet you Kellen Sampson is the next head men's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma. And all you need for evidence of that, Drake, uh, is Kelvin's comments right there about just how invested his son is in all things OU athletics. And the same can be said, obviously, for price for Qantas White and even for Kelvin himself yeah and I mean for me when it comes to the Kelvin Sampson era of OU basketball that was very much my childhood that was what kind of helped me get into collegiate basketball at least more like on a more personal level like just being a young sports fan I always enjoyed basketball as a whole but really up until OU started to have their success in the late 90s, early 2000s with Samson. It really didn't start to click with me at the collegiate level. Until that point, I was really more of an NBA fan because of what Michael Jordan was doing with the Bulls. But he's right. The thing that is really going to be truly awesome, I really thought before the year that they needed to do some type of 2002 Final Four commemoration with all these guys coming into town because – it is the first time that they've all been here together as far as any of us being able to remember it. And, you know, Samson left in a little bit of an odd place is kind of one of the reasons that it's probably taken this long for Samson to be able to come back into Norman. There was a little bit of an odd breakup. OU was going on to probation, was on probation when he left for Indiana. I don't think that anybody can really blame Samson for leaving for a job the caliber of Indiana because it's one of the blue blood programs in all of college basketball, right? Certainly. Uh, And then had a a pretty long stint as being an assistant coach in the NBA as well. So uh, for me, I think it's awesome that he's coming back. I hope that there's something that they do, especially if nothing else for Hollis, Qantas, for Kellen, those guys that played here that were – uh, obviously, Kellen was just a walk-on, but Hollis and Qantas meant so much to that program uh, during the Final Four and Elite Eight runs that they made. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it, it has a chance to be a really awesome evening. And, you know, as far as what happens on the court, um, I mean, OU has their work cut out for them because Porter <laughs> Moser said last night uh, the way that they're – coaching staff kind of looks at defenders and everything like the guy that doesn't move well 
that's who they labeled elephant. So like if it were uh, like me on uh, Houston's defense, <laughs> they would they would label me as the elephant defensively. And he said there is not a guy in their rotation at all that they can label an elephant. Almost all of them are elite defensively at their position group, are able to move, are able to switch. He said they have their work cut out for them when it comes to the offensive side of things. So as far that as that is outcome, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine you're getting back on defense. They're like, "Go after the elephant," yep. and you realize the elephant is you. Ugh. Don't want to be the elephant. Uh, by the way, thanks to the textures that corrected me. I did misspeak. Uh, Lauren Sampson is Kel- is Kelvin's daughter. Kellen's wife is Tanya. Uh, I had that backwards. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of OU DNA in that Houston men's basketball program between Kelvin and Kellen and Hollis Price, and Qantas White. And if you've gotten the chance to watch Houston on the hardwood at all this year, that team is different. They are a legit number one in the country. That is no accident whatsoever. That's a Final Four caliber team, a team that very well could find themselves hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. So, yeah, Moser and the Sooners got their work cut out for them in a big way. I, I don't really have any lofty expectations for this game tomorrow as far as OU is concerned. Would like to see them shoot the ball a little bit better after they just could not find the bottom of the net up at Hilton Coliseum on Wednesday. But even so, you can shoot the ball well, and this is still a Houston team that is capable of beating you. You can play a half-decent ball game. You can play a pretty good ball game. Uh, as a team like Oklahoma and this Houston program is still going to find a way to make you pay for each and every little mistake. So it's going to need to be a darn near perfect performance for Oklahoma tomorrow. And you'd hope the crowd is behind them, hope there's a little bit more emotion. And there will be emotion on both sides naturally, but hope there's a little bit more emotion from the Sooners uh, with, I I guess, goaded by a crowd at the Lloyd Noble Center that is hopefully plus size, maybe not sell out because that's a rarity these days for OU men's basketball. But uh, if you can get a sizable crowd in that building, get some life into them. Uh, plus size. So they, uh, you're hoping that the crowd is uh, shopping in the Husky division of uh, uh, Oh, gosh, Drake. Like Drake's re- – oh, man. Uh, so, Drake. yeah, the, the, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me as far as this matchup goes is – You've got, if you're OU, the way you have to look at this game, you can't look at it as, oh, this is such a this is such a great opportunity for you. You want to talk about being able to, removing any sort of doubt in terms of whether or not you make the tournament, you win Saturday night against the number one team in the nation whenever they're playing their best basketball, that is going to be a huge data point for OU. And even if you lose to them, it's not going to hurt you in the net rankings. It'll probably help you in the net rankings, if anything at all. But you want to go ahead and lock down a NCAA tournament bid? What an opportunity you have tomorrow night. There are some folks on the text line that still have it out for Kelvin. Sean says, left out, fired at Indiana, and spent time in the NBA because he had a five-year show cause penalty. Yep, that's true. Zane said, Zane said Kelvin is responsible for Oklahoma being put on probation while he was serving on the NCAA Ethics Committee. Yep. Yeah, look, I get all that, but <laughs> and how it's times been have almost... changed? How times have changed? 
Does anybody yeah, remember real. what it is that Samson got put on probation for? It was sending too many text messages to recruits. Much like Rhett Bomar, Kelvin Sampson was simply ahead of his time. <laughs> well, and ahead look, of his time. Yeah, probation, show cause or no show cause, whatever. It's been almost 20 years. I would hope that for the vast majority of people, it's just water under the bridge. You can enjoy having Kelvin back in town tomorrow, appreciate all that he did for the University of Oklahoma while he was here, and still make every effort to go and beat his team, upset the number one team in the nation on your home floor tomorrow at the Lloyd Noble Center. So should be an interesting one. Uh, The Sooners are going to need to play pretty flawless basketball from start to finish to keep pace with Houston. But, gosh, what if they could get win number 20? with an upset over the number one team in the nation. Wouldn't that be a punctuation mark on the regular season for Porter Moser and this squad? The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line always available to you, 405-651-3439, Let's hit another break. Come on back from Riverwind Casino. Parker Thune, Drake Dykin here with you on the ref. The Homa Sooner fans, don't go anywhere. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's a Friday here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. I'm out here at Riverwind Casino, Parker Thune, with Drake Dykin back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Drake, I have a very important message to pass along to you, and you specifically. As well as the general population, but okay. I'm, I'm especially concerned about you okay. for obvious Go reasons. Ahead. We're friends. Uh, this is an email I received yesterday from Chick Fil A. Okay. Hi Parker, we have been notified that Polynesian sauce dipping cups may contain a different sauce that includes wheat and soy allergens. Please discard any Polynesian sauce that you may have taken home between February 14th and 27th. Okay. We have discarded all impacted Polynesian sauce dipping cups at the local restaurants and confirmed no other dipping sauces or 8-ounce bottles are impacted. We understand and take seriously the trust our guests place in us to make sure your food is what you order, and we apologize for this experience. So, Drake, get rid of those Polynesian sauces. Pronto. Uh, luckily for me, uh, I'm a barbecue sauce guy at Chick-fil-A. So Really? Yep, 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 yep. A yep. Barbe- yep. Wow. Barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce guy at Chick-fil-A. So you don't do Chick-fil-A sauce? Uh, not typically. I just, you know, I could put barbecue sauce on most things is the thing for me. So, oh, so it, you're it, one of those Okies. Yeah, that's right. You got a problem with it? At, huh? No, I actually don't. I, I have much less of a problem with you as I do with people who put ketchup on everything. Yeah, I don't put I knew- it on everything. I could put it on everything. The, okay. There's a distinction okay. that I need to make. It. it Barbecue sauce, it can go good with a burger, with fries, with, I mean, just about anything fried, to be honest. So yeah. Barbecue sauce is a top-tier condiment and That's a right. very versatile one. That's You're right. 100% correct. I have friends who will put ketchup on everything, Ugh. and I have friends who will put ranch on everything. I, I find it, both ketchup and ranch to be repulsive. I So this was... One of the, like, cringy moments that I've ever had, most cringy moments I've ever had on a date in terms of uh, sitting across from somebody, them doing something food-wise that just grossed me out. Um, I went on a date, this was years ago, with a girl. She ordered us chicken spinach salads, which, no problem with that. 
But then, uh, whenever they brought out our food, she asked for ketchup from the waiter. I was like, wait, 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 ketchup? What? What, was she, what what's she putting the ketchup on? She put the ketchup bottle on the entirety, instead of dressing, because she wanted it dry, on the entirety of the chicken spinach salad. Drake, Drake I, I, I hope this was the only date you ever uh, went on. It was the chick. only date that I went on this girl. I was like, yep, Good. at this point... Uh, sorry about you. This is just not going to work out. Yeah, you got it. Whenever you're going on date, like the first first order of business should be making sure that the person sitting opposite from you is 100% right in the head. And if they're dressing their salad with ketchup, they're not 100% right in the head. Yeah. Sunika Wetzel said, Parker puts ketchup on steak. That ain't true. <laughs> the editor who put it out there is garbage. Garbage. Yeah, the, the, but I remember asking her, I was like, huh, so I don't know that I've ever seen anybody put ketchup on their salad before. And she says, yeah, I put ketchup on most of the things that I eat, even eggs. I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, I, I don't know if I hit it, uh, my facial reaction well at all, but I don't know how I possibly could have. By the way, speaking of the uh, that ain't true quote, I have I have a hilarious story. I don't know if I've told this before, uh, but when I was in J school at the University of Oklahoma, the dean of the College of Journalism was Ed Kelly, yes. who had been the editor at the Oklahoman mm-hmm. at the time yeah. that the Oklahoman had published that piece from Jenny Carlson that Mike Gundy flipped out over. And as the story goes, I've been told this secondhand, I don't think... Dean Kelly would have ever acknowledged this, even if it did happen. But as the story goes, Dean Kelly, at the time the Oklahoman uh, had a suite at Oklahoma State home football games. And Dean Kelly showed up the next week to the suite and said, this is the last time that the Oklahoman will ever have anyone occupying this suite on a game day until Mike Gundy is fired as the head coach of Oklahoma State football. Here we are in 2024, Drake, and Mike Gundy is still the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Not sure how much longer it's going to last. Doesn't seem to be coming to an end anytime soon. But uh, the beef between the Oklahoman and Oklahoma State University, as far as I know, at least as far as their game day suite is concerned, uh, remains unresolved. Uh, doesn't surprise me that there would be that type of beef. Uh, if there's one thing that Mike Gundy is for sure, he's a person that will hold a grudge is the way that he comes across to me at least. So not a shocking rev- revelation to me whatsoever. Jahan Tulsa, great text. Ketchup and ranch people are those most likely to have gender reveals and destination weddings. Ooh. They're freaking weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and amen, Jay. That's, and that's a Jay's somebody that's obviously been listening the entire week. To, uh, oh yeah, Jay's to able, a diehard man. Yeah, yeah. grateful uh, for all thanks. of you diehards yes, out there. Absolutely, that's they call that all a callback in the business, there, Parker. All you folks that tune in with us every single day, we appreciate you, and we try to get as many texts as we possibly can on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Can never get to all of them in a day because there are so many of you with so many varying thoughts and comments and opinions and jokes. 
Like Cherokee Sooner, he's a jokester. We know this much. Yeah, but. one one I do want to answer before he gets too far down the rung. Um, it's a bit of a subject change, but uh, Jeff and OKC wanted to know the all-time record at Marietta Hines Field for OU, which I didn't really think about until Plank had pointed it out. The only coach that ever coached at Marietta Hines was Patty Gasso. Whoa. Patty Gasso's record at Marietta Hines Field. Get this, Parker. 548 and 62 with a 856 <laughs> winning percentage. 856. Yeah, folks, that's called dominance. How long was Marita Hines the venue for OU? Since 98. Softball? 98 so to 22, or to 23, I guess. So yeah. in a quarter century, Patty Gasso lost 62 home games yeah that's uh what that's about two and a quarter games per year something like two that. and a half a year yeah two and a half a year even so a lot of a lot of facts you can throw out a lot of superlatives that you can throw around to try and contextualize the greatness of ou softball under patty gasso but at a certain point you run out of facts and you run out of superlatives there are far too many and none of them quite tell the story in a complete sense of just how high that program has soared under Gasso's direction. Patty Gasso, her long her longevity is impressive, too, because Patty Gasso has been coaching OU softball since my parents were in school at OU, Drake. It's been almost three decades. She's an OU lifer. She's acknowledged that she thought about getting out, and had they not won the national championship in 2000, she might have moved on from Oklahoma and moved back to California. Uh, thank the Lord that did not happen. And what OU fans have been rewarded with in the two-plus decades that have followed is one of the most dominant athletic programs in college sports. All right. I'm going to hit another break here. We'll be back to wrap up hour number one. Steelman and Thune at noon continues. Steely is out. He'll be back on Monday. Drake Dykin here with me. On a Friday afternoon, I'm out at Riverwind Casino. Stop by if you're at Riverwind on this Friday. If not, hit the text line, 405-651-3439. Keep it here. Bleed Crimson? Love great Sooner Talk? Join the Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The Ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. Back with you here on the Ref. I'm out here at Riverwind. Parker Thune, Drake Dyken is back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Every time I'm in a casino, I think of Ocean's Eleven, Drake. One of the greatest movies ever made, in my humble opinion. It's Truly fantastic. Weird. You want to talk about, as far as, like, rewatchability, it, oh, mi- it might be one of the most rewatchable movies of all time. Like, it is just fantastic. Yeah, you're, you're spot on about that because a lot of movies I will watch once and I'll be like, I'm good. Twice? Well, like, for some of them, okay, sure. But Ocean's Eleven is one of the few that mm-hmm. never gets old. I can pop it in at any time and enjoy it as if I've never seen it before. Well, and it's also, it's kind of like a perfect movie to throw on in the background, too. Like, even, like, if you've got stuff going on and you just want some background noise type of thing, mm-hmm. it is perfect to have in the background. And just any point in time when you have... Just the opportunity to be like, oh, hey, this part of the movie, it's uh, they're actually 
they've just rebuilt the entire vault and they're doing a walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, this is a yeah. fun part. I don't know if it was because Ocean's Eleven got my expectations so high, but Ocean's Twelve is a terrible movie. Ocean's Twelve, if so long as Ugh. we can all agree that Ocean's Twelve is trash and Ocean's Thirteen <laughs> was a bit of a redemption movie, we can all be. It was very a happy. bit of a redemption movie, not as good as not no. as good as Eleven, no. but Twelve. I was like, what are we doing yeah. here? What is going on? Nothing quite like uh, trying to be as meta as possible in saying, oh. Julia Roberts is playing one of the main characters, and also Julia Roberts, the actress, is somebody who exists within the Ocean's uh, Eleven universe as well. Oh, you architect on the text line says ketchup is a vegetable in my house. No, you're deranged. You're deranged, <laughs> oh, you architect. Ketchup uh, is not a vegetable. You, we have to remember, is- like, oh, you architect is. Married to the European woman. So, Europeans are very weird when it comes to their condiments. Everybody out there, for the most part, I'm sure, has seen Pulp Fiction. And we've heard the uh, description of what they do with mayonnaise and french fries. So, OU Architect, it if, it, if it's you, OU Architect, I'm worried about you. Uh, I will say, European like, the woman, rebrand- it's probably a little bit more normalized. You want to talk about highly successful rebrands? Mm-hmm. Mayonnaise's rebrand to aioli has been wildly oh, yeah. successful. Absolutely. Because I would not touch mayonnaise with a ten foot or a ten foot pole, but I tell you what, you call it aioli, you give throw me a little garlic bit of garlic aioli. flavor in I'm there. All about yeah, it. come yeah. on, I'm all over that. Give me some of that to dip my fries in. Uh, a listener in the 405. I gave a shout out to our diehards last segment, and this listener in the 405 says, "You're welcome." Makes my coworkers mad. I have you all playing over the app on my phone all day. But they can get over it. They're all Oklahoma State fans. Yeah. What's the home of the poke? I promise you, it's not as exciting, not as engaging, not as outright fun as the home of the Sooner fan. I can tell you that much. That is what we are here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Halfway home here on a Friday, Steelman and Thune at noon. Steely has been out all week. He'll be back on Monday. In his absence, I am at Riverwind Casino. Drake Dyken holding things down back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Continue hitting the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line, 405-651-3439. Plenty to talk about in our number two, starting with a former Sooner legend being named the new general manager of the Crimson and Cream NIL Collective. We'll start there when we return. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Talking to you from Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Parker Thune out here at Riverwind. Drake Dyken back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line always available to you at 405-651-3439 if you want to chime in. Sooner Co. Wetzel on the text line says, Steely's out with the gout. That's a cultured Oklahoma sports radio denizen right there. That's right. Well done, Sooner Co. Wetzel. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned at the end of last hour, come on, what's the home of the poke? Matt from Moore was on it. He said the home of the pokes would be KLSR. The loser. Ooh, ooh, got him. Well done. Good work, Matt from War. Um, <laughs> Gunny, 
Uh, I I can't read half of Gunny's texts. Gunny's a character on the text line. I wish I could read all of the things he texts. I can't. Not all of them are FCC appropriate. A few of them are straddling the line. But, Gunny, just know I see your text. I recognize it. I appreciate you, my friend. Looking forward to hopefully seeing you out in Porter this summer for the Peach Festival. Uh, As we dive into hour number two here, I think the best place to start is with the announcement that OU softball legend Lauren Chamberlain has been hired as the new general manager of Oklahoma's Crimson and Cream NIL Collective. So many of you are familiar with Jason Belzer, who is the CEO of Student Athlete NIL. Uh, He did a real comprehensive interview with me and Brandon Drum at OUinsider.com. By the way, Brandon's going to be joining the show this hour at 135, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk recruiting. But uh, we did an interview last month with Belzer that a lot of you have watched and or listened to. And really for the first time in the entire NIL era, you had somebody, you had a public figure involved with NIL come forward and lay bare some of the inner workings as to what goes on behind the scenes in the NIL department, how OU is structured and aligned to compete in the SEC as far as NIL is concerned, what the general figures are, the spending budget is, and what it's going to take to continue to elevate Oklahoma towards the national top tier when it comes to NIL spending ability. So as of today, uh, Jason Belzer and the folks at Student Athlete NIL have brought on Lauren Chamberlain as GM of the Crimson and Cream Collective. Guy from Parts Unknown did say thought her name was Gibson. Yeah, she recently got married uh, to a fellow with the last name of Gibson. However, she is still known widely as Lauren Chamberlain. In the press release and the edit that they put out, they acknowledged her as Lauren Chamberlain because, uh, yeah, look, she can – and she has taken her husband's last name, but to many Sooner fans, I would say to most Sooner fans, if not all Sooner fans – She's always going to be Lauren Chamberlain because they remember her for what she accomplished as one of the most legendary figures in the history of Patty Gasso's fabled Sooner softball dynasty. Jocelyn Allo came along and shattered her home run record very recently, but even so, Lauren Chamberlain remains one of the most revered and beloved figures in Sooner softball lore. As of today... She is also the GM of the NIL Collective. I'm curious as to your opinion on the hiring of Lauren Chamberlain. Hit the text line, 405-651-3439. I will let you all know that we did another interview yesterday with Jason and with Lauren on the Under the Visor podcast that is now available on streaming platforms and on YouTube. So Stick around till 2 o'clock. Stick around for the recruiting hour on Locked In with myself and Tyler McComas. Stick around for the rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler as well. But when you get some space this evening, go ahead and check out that interview. Super insightful stuff, as always, from Jason and from Lauren. But, Drake, I guess I'll kick that your way. Uh, Lauren Chamberlain as the GM of the NIL Collective at the University of Oklahoma. Like it, love it, hate it, why? 
Uh, I don't know that I necessarily have an opinion on it, to be honest. I mean, it, it's just kind of one of those hires that, you know, she's a former Sooner great in softball, and she's actually done quite a bit in terms of management for sports in general since she has left the game as well with what she's done with OKC Spark, or not the OKC Spark, but uh, that new softball league in general. I believe she's the commissioner of it. Um, so... I'm curious to see how it is that she does. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on uh, any of that in terms of it's just kind of wait and see. Like, I feel like she's somebody that's very competent and has lots of uh, management experience for sports in general. So, um, you know, I don't have any kind of doubts that she'll be incapable. I just don't really have any surefire assurances whenever I look at the higher on the surface level. I'm excited about it. I feel like... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of talented people that Oklahoma could have made uh, put into this position, and it is quite the compliment to her that out of all those uh, competent people that she was the one that they chose. So I think that she'll probably do a good job. I That's just an assumption, though. I have no earthly idea on how it is that it will go with her in that position. Yeah, I will say the most common knock, or I guess the most popular apprehension that I've heard from folks with regard to the hiring of Lauren Chamberlain as the GM of the collective is, well, she's not somebody that has a background in football. And at a school like OU where you want where you want football to be king, football is certainly king, but you want it to be king, especially moving to the SEC, wouldn't you rather have somebody in that seat who has a background in the sport of football? And, well, I, I, I certainly think that is – an apprehension that carries some merit i also think football is going to be fine it's always going to be the primary focus of oklahoma's nil efforts and you don't necessarily need to have somebody in that role that is a hundred percent focused on football because it's just natural that that is going to be where the vast majority of oklahoma's nil efforts are oriented toward but I think one of the things that Lauren kind of hashed out in the interview yesterday, and again, that's available on the OU Insider YouTube channel or on the Under the Visor podcast streaming platforms. One of the things she outlined is, hey, look, at Oklahoma, we are the gold standard in so many sports, be it softball, be it football, be it gymnastics. Obviously, Jenny Baranchek and the women's basketball team uh, are having a heck of a time over the last couple of seasons as that program continues to build back towards not only national relevance but championship contention. Uh, I understand that the men's basketball program hasn't had uh, – it, it's been a tumultuous couple of years, I guess that's how I'll say it, under Porter Moser. But they're certainly – they certainly appear to be on the up and up. They're going to make the tournament. The field is 68. Oklahoma is at the very least competitive – and at most a dynasty in numerous sports, both revenue-generating and non-revenue-generating. And so at a place like OU, you want to be able to play into that. You want to be able to remain the gold standard in all of those sports. You want to be able to have a robust presence, competitive presence, in all athletic endeavors, not just football. And so I like the hire of Lauren Chamberlain because I know – I have it on good authority that Oklahoma is going to continue to emphasize the sport of football more so yeah. than anything else in their NIL efforts. But bringing on somebody like Lauren Chamberlain, to me, signals, yeah, obviously we want our football program to remain nationally relevant in the SEC, 
But we also don't want to lose sight of what we've built in all of these other sports. We want to be able to continue this tradition, this legacy, uh, this run of greatness that we're on in sports such as softball when Patty Gasso retires or sports such as women's basketball. Hopefully you sign Jenny Baranchek to a long-term contract and she can be here for just as long, if not longer, as Sherry Cole was. But regardless of the figures at the top, leadership roles uh, in each of those individual sports, you want to be able to make sure that uh, even if there is turnover in that department, that you're going to be able to maintain a stable and consistent presence at the top of the national spectrum. Greg from Lawton says, what happened to Curtis Lofton? Thought he was named GM for football. Okay, let's let's make a distinction here, Greg from Lawton. Uh, Lauren Chamberlain is the GM of the Crimson and Cream Collective. That is not a position within the University of Oklahoma. The collective is externally operated. Now, I don't expect that that will be the case in the future. And talking to Jason yesterday, he did mention, look, we're planning 10 years in advance right now. We have contingency plans laid out for whatever further legislation comes from the NCAA. However, we need to evolve and adapt to accommodate an ever-changing industry in college football, we're going to be ready and able to do that. But as of right now, Crimson and Cream Collective operates externally. It is not, I mean, it's affiliated with the University of Oklahoma, but it does not originate within the University of Oklahoma. Curtis Lofton, the expectation is that he's going to be named the general manager for Oklahoma football, i.e. a position within the athletic department. Lauren Chamberlain is the general manager of the Crimson and Cream Collective, i.e. the external NIL organization with which Oklahoma partners. So just want to clear that up. A 405 listener says, I was a team captain with Jason in 1991. Very smart guy. Glad to see he's involved in NIL progress for these student athletes. I guess I should also clarify this. Yeah, different Jason Belzer, yeah. Yeah, this, this is not former Oklahoma safety Jason Belzer who had... Uh, a decade-plus-long career mm-hmm. in the NFL as a defensive back. Uh, this is Jason Belzer with a Z, who did play college football. He played at Rutgers University, uh, but he is much younger. Uh, he's, I believe, in his late 30s, maybe early 40s, uh, and is somebody that is and has been prominently involved in the NIL efforts, not just for Oklahoma, but on a national scale with student athlete nil for several years now so not that jason belzer unfortunately um i I say unfortunately unfortunately for that listener jason belzer with a z really good guy really competent guy and a guy that is very invested in the future of ou athletics i think everybody gets what you mean there is everybody loves it to stay in the family that's kind of what this lord and chamberlain uh hires about as far as why people are excited about and that just was an extra name that you could throw out there. I mean, it's the same mistake I made whenever I first heard the name Jason Belzer with the yeah. Crimson Cream Collective. I assumed it was the former safety for OU as well. So as you're not, did I. Uh, uh, you're not the only person on the text line that's made that mistake. Uh, uh, let's hit the text line quickly before we get a break. S. Rob Booman says it's always great to have former Sooners come back to OU and bring that allegiance with them. Tommy says when you add legends like Lauren to entities like Crimson and Cream Collective, you bring not only a successful businesswoman, you bring a tried and true Sooner who will lead by example. And Mongo adds, as long as they are qualified and have a love for OU athletics, then I am good with the hire. 
Sooner Jeff says, just wanted to let your ketchup-loving listeners out there. They shouldn't be ashamed by their love of ketchup, despite Parker's condescending attitude. Did you know ketchup is the most popular condiment in the U.S. and is in 97% of homes? Yeah, trust me, Sooner Jeff. I don't question at all it is the most popular condiment in America. It is not one I enjoy. I am anti-ketchup. I'm trying to think of the most fundamental sense of the word. I think the only thing that I actually, like, I don't even typically, with the exception of when I go to Whataburger, their spicy ketchup is fantastic. Everybody knows that. Um, If I'm trying to think of things I actually put ketchup on, and the only thing that comes to mind is fried potatoes. I will put ketchup on fried potatoes every single time. Regardless of whether they need it or not, it's just the way that I grew up eating them. Aside from that, I don't put them on any burger, hot dog, anything like that. So, Do you own an air fryer, Drake? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Good. That's the wave of the future, folks. If you don't own an air fryer, you will. I'm not like TJ. I don't own seven of them, but I do have a air fryer. Wait, he owns seven air fryers? That might be an exaggeration. He has okay. two or three in his house. Yes. Well, yeah, TJ TJ just lives in luxury. That's right. We know this to be the case. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, he, that he, generational he wealth it too. That's the worst the part. Household. He yeah. flaunts it. Yeah, that's right. He flaunts the fact that he lives in luxury. All right, let's hit a quick break. Come on back. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is 405-651-3439. On the other side, not only will we get back to the text line, uh, but want to talk about another new proposal that would drastically alter college football and why it doesn't need to freaking happen, folks. This hour brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, your local roofer servicing Norman, Edmonds, OKC, Mustang, Shawnee, and Yukon. Check them out at blackthunderroofing.com and come on back with us. Don't go anywhere. The 1 o'clock hour of the Steelman and Thune at Noon show is brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing. Black Thunder Roofing can do it all. A one-stop shop for customers looking for one contractor. Locally operated in Norman and Edmond, blackthunderroofing.com, 405-473-8028. Keeping it rolling here on a Friday here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans, Parker Thune out here at Riverwind Casino. Lots of promotions coming up in the month of March out here at Riverwind, as well as the Riverwind OBI Blood Drive on Wednesday, March 20th in the Showplace Theater. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., you show up, you donate blood, you get $10 in bonus play plus a scratcher. So plenty of compelling reasons to make it out here to Riverwind in the month of March. Drake Dykins back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. To the text line in just a second. (laughs) Maggie on the text line said, OU Architect is correct. Ketchup is made from tomatoes. Tomatoes are vegetables. Earlier, OU Architect had said ketchup is a vegetable in my house, to which I told OU Architect, lovingly, of course, that he was deranged. But first off, Maggie, part to whole fallacy there. And secondly, that text, uh, gosh, this, this always makes me think back to when I was 16, 17. I was in high school, and I used to carpool with this kid, like one of those kids who – thought he was incredibly smart realistically like he was of above average intelligence compared to the general population but not a whiz not a genius by any means and the conversation i don't don't know why he decided that he was going to die on this hill but he (laughs) some i can't even remember what the nature of the conversation was but at some point he was like, well, technically, biologically, there's no such thing as a vegetable. 
and I was just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Of course there's such a thing as a vegetable. So what, was, know what, what veg- was his stance like- on birds? Did he think birds existed or they were just <laughs> a major uh, surveillance system throughout the world? But his whole thing was that any vegetable I could name, he could categorize as something else. Because obviously, you know, you bring up something like a tomato and the... Uh, yeah, the grammar Nazis, those types of people are instantly yeah. going to be like, actually, that's a fruit. And so I'd be like, I, I, I'd talk, I, I'd bring up, like this went on for weeks. I'd bring up all these different types of vegetables, and he would come up with some drawn-out argument as to why they fell into some other category that wasn't vegetables. I was like, okay, look, I don't care biologically what's real and what's not. In this sense, what I care about is the fact that what we call fruits, we know as fruits. What we call vegetables, we know as vegetables. This is kind of something that we as a society have agreed upon without regard for their taxonomical classifications. So can we just be normal? Yeah. Uh, what, a, That's what, what, a, what a thought process. I'm going to be a nihilist when it comes to vegetables, basically. <laughs> they no don't vegetables. exist. Vegetables aren't real. Uh, indecisive sooner asked Parker, would you drink an entire bottle of ketchup if it meant you got to witness OU football win nine national titles in my lifetime? Yeah, indecisive yeah. sooner. I'd take the plunge. Uh. Maggie says, I guess I should have stated sarcasm. No, I, I got it, Maggie. I got your sarcasm. Uh. I know it was sarcasm. Uh, an entire bottle of ketchup. Oh, man. I, it, it would suck, but I would do it. I mean, if you're talking about you, nine national it, championships. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, what, what are we even If talking it brought about you here? folks... Nine national titles, I would absolutely down a full bottle of ketchup. All right, so we need to get a bottle of ketchup to Parker right now. We just need to have him chug it. If uh, OU goes on to win nine consecutive national championships, then, you know, it's because of him. If not, then we found out it didn't work. So, Parker, when are we making this happen? Are we going to live stream this or what? I don't want to live stream this because <laughs> I'll be miserable the entire time. You're not going to want to see the faces that I'll be making. Uh, four, a 405 listener says, how many saltines do you have with your ketchup? How do we get on these tangents? Stop talking some sports. All right, let's talk some sports. Uh, the NCAA has apparently proposed another rule change that I, I want to say a lot of things right now, very few of which are FCC appropriate. They're stealing college football from us. They're slowly stripping away the fabric of our great game. Stop the steal, folks. Now they want to add a two-minute warning to college football. I'm going to yield the floor to my good friend, J.D. Pakel, who has been on this show with us before. He's National College Football Voice for On3 Sports. I'm going to yield the floor to him for just a minute because he pretty much summed up my thoughts on the addition of a two-minute warning earlier today on his show, The Hard Count. The recommendation for a two-minute warning to be installed to college football like it is at the NFL level, do you think we're stupid? Do you think we don't see what's going on here? You can spin this any way you want to. It's good for the game. It's going to make it more exciting. It makes those final drives more fun. Shut up. Don't, don't, don't try and sell me your just lies. Don't try and tell me those things. What it actually is, is a chance for you to have more game breaks to then get what? More commercials, more commercials equal more money. This is a greed play. There is not a soul that has ever existed that loves college football with every fiber of their being and said, man, I really just wish they would install the two-minute warning like they have in the NFL to college football. Nobody's asking for that. Same way we feel about the college football playoff. We love college football because it's college football, not because it's the NFL. 
If we wanted to enjoy the Sunday game, then we would enjoy the Sunday game the same way. You'll notice now, very few college football diehards have the same amount of passion for the college game as they do the professional game. That's not saying they don't watch it, they don't enjoy it. Heck, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. I hope we go draft Jaden Daniels. That'd be awesome for the franchise. But I'm not living and dying with the Falcons the way that I would live and die with the Cornell Big Red. All right? That's just, there's a difference there. There's a very big difference there. The games are different. It's different sports. So you adding in commercial breaks and trying to make the college football game more like the NFL game, nobody's asking for that. Now, hear me loud and clear. There will be times where, as a fan, the two-minute warning is going to benefit your team. All right? You're going to have... Two timeouts, you won't have to burn one on your final drive because you'll get that extra baked-in timeout. Like, it, there's times where it's going to benefit your team. But because it situationally benefits your team, it can also hurt your team. The overall thought here is it's bad for the game because it's stripping away what's made college football college football, unique from the NFL. Ah, that's J.D. Piquel, the second most notable Cornell alum in America behind only the Nard Dog himself, Andy Bernard. A two-minute warning is apparently something that the powers that be have decided we need in college football. And to it, Drake, I say, heck to the no. Yeah, Because no. J.D.'s exactly right. Yeah. It is a greed play. There is no reason, save for increased financial gain, to implement a two-minute warning in college football. None whatsoever. Yeah, no, it, it's that's all it is. It's throwing another TV timeout there potentially for everybody to where every network is going to have that much more, uh, what is it, uh, availability in terms of uh, commercials, timeouts. Um, it's, I've been against the NFL, NFLization, yeah, sure, why not? Professionalization. Uh, of, yeah, of college football trying to turn it into the nfl for a long time i am one of the rare people that did not want the college football playoff at all i didn't want even the plus one come on dre i didn't i didn't there was never there was never a point in time to where i looked at the number four team in the nation and said hey maybe they deserved a shot and i sure as hell have never looked at the number 12 14 16 (laughs) team in the nation and said you know they really need a third or fourth shot at a national title. If they got that, then it would really turn their entire season around. No! You know no. what, Drake? A, a decade ago, I would have been slandering you for that opinion. But right now, today, gosh, has that opinion aged like fine wine. Because if I could rewind to everything that college football was 20 years ago, I'd do it in a heartbeat. College football in the mid to late 2000s, man, that was the golden age. Everything about the game was perfect. There was parity. There was regional significance to alignment. Rivalries were at their peak. The game hadn't been completely fundamentally altered by all these new rules such as targeting that protect and i might even say over protect quarterbacks and ball carriers and offensive players in general we didn't have 59 to 56 shootouts we didn't have there was no talk of playing what is essentially a mini march madness to determine a college football national champion for the longest time even when we were talking playoffs we were only talking four teams maybe eight 
There's absolutely no way you can convince me that in any given year there are 14 teams capable of winning the national title in college football. But that's an entirely different rabbit hole that we can go down sometime next week because there is a lot of talk about expanding the field to 14 teams, and that talk isn't going to die down anytime soon. Let's hit a break right now because on the other side, we're going to catch up with Brandon Drum, OUinsider.com recruiting analyst on the Rivals Network, to talk recruiting. A couple of the Sooners commits picked up their fourth stars this week. Ten pledges already in the boat for the Sooners, and they got eyes on several more. Big recruiting weekend coming up next weekend as well. Lots of talent in the 2025 class and the 2026 class set to be in Norman on March 9th. We'll discuss that and more with Brandon on the other side. Keep it here. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Here he comes on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tech, or I'm sorry, not on the text line. That would be a very boring interview if we were interviewing him via text. He's on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, and wouldn't you know it, I'm out here at Riverwind Casino. Parker Thune here with you. Drake Dyken back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. And on the jackpot line is Brandon Drum, co-publisher at OUinsider.com, recruiting analyst on the Rivals Network, to talk sooner recruiting. And I think the place to start, Brandon, is that a couple of former three-star signees, not signees, but commits for Oklahoma, three-star U members, founding members, picked up their fourth star this weekend as Rivals updated uh, their rankings in the class of 2025. Alex Shield Knight, defensive end from Wagner, Oklahoma, and Trinae Washington, an athlete from Carl Albert up in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Two in-state pledges for the Sooners. Now blue-chip prospects, according to rivals. What's to like about Trinae Washington and Alex Shield Knight, two guys that you have seen in person, and why do they deserve that fourth star? Uh, well, I mean, first and foremost, I think I even debated with a uh, uh, OU Insider member on Twitter uh, when we tweeted it out. Uh, they were kind of skittish on, you know, Alex Shield Knight and everything that he he is, right? Like, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not uh, going to wow you with just his presence or his frame or anything like that. But the one thing he has is he's got he's really, really technically sound and fundamentally sound. He's got a great first step and he's got a motor that just keeps going. And and we saw that at the uh OU camp this past year, uh last summer. He went up against a lot of four, three star offensive linemen and he was the best defensive lineman, defensive end out there, and it wasn't even close. And so um when when you look at that and then you look at his overall production at Wagner, and not only what he does at defensive end, but what he does at tight end. Like, he could be one of the better tight ends in the country if that was really the position that he wanted to play. So um, he's, he's just an overall, just a good athlete. He's not an exceptional athlete. He's a good athlete, but he's a great football player, and that's why he's a four-star. Um, I just went blank on who the other one was, but uh, – who was it, Parker? I forgot. Trené. Just went blank. Oh, yeah, Trené. I just was with him the other day. I actually knew it was about to happen. Um, and he kept asking me, why am I not a four-star? Why am I not a four-star? Well, um, he is now. His frame, his athleticism, 
I mean, a guy, look, you're talking about a guy that's six foot four, 210 pounds, and he plays corner and safety for Cole Albert. And not only does he play that position, he plays it well. He lines up in the slot. He's going to grow into, you look at his frame, you look at his shoulders, you look at just his length, uh, how wide his neck is. He's, he's got the ability to put on a lot of weight. He's probably going to weigh about 225, 230 by the time his first offseason's done at the University of Oklahoma. So he's a guy that is going to come in, and he's going to be able to play a multitude of positions because of his speed, because of his athleticism. And, and look, we ranked him four-star. It wasn't because he was the best wide receiver. It wasn't because he was a good safety or a good defender. It's because he was a great athlete. He can play so many positions, and he plays it at an elite level. Uh, you go watch him at on the 7-on-7. He played with C4 last year, and you would get some of these top-notch corners that would be out there playing him, and nobody would know who Trené was because Trené is not out there. He's not vibrant. He's not posting his highlights all the time. Look at me. Look at me. He's just a grinder. He's a worker. He's just a really good kid. And he would go out there and he would just abuse them with his height, with his frame. He would shock everybody with his leaping ability. Um, he's he's the guy that when he gets to college, oh, you could say you're going to be tight end. They could say you're going to be defensive end. They, they could say you're just going to be a big wide receiver and we're going to watch your nutrition. We're going to watch everything. And we're going to use you as a mismatch in the slot. So uh, he's got – or he could just be a flat-out linebacker. I mean, he's got the ability. He's got the mentality. Uh, and I don't think they're done at Cole Albert because I think at the end of the day, Marcus James might end up being a top 250, maybe even a top 200 player when it's all said and done as well because he's not only a great basketball player, he's a great football player. And when you get those two sports linked together and you get Marcus James's size you know, and his frame, uh, and once he starts to really figure things out and gets in front of people on a national level, I think people are going to look at him and go, okay, that may be the best athlete on that team. And that's saying something with Tristan and with Trené and with Kevin Sperry, you know, like Marcus James could end up being the best overall athlete between those, you know, four guys. And that's actually crazy to say, in my opinion. Now, as we look forward to the Future Freaks recruiting events in Norman mm-hmm. on March 9th, Sooners set to host plenty of talent in the 2025 class, the 2026 class, even some 2027s going to be on campus. However, I don't know that there is a more high-profile visitor, at least right now, today, as things stand, than four-star defensive tackle Trent Wilson out of Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Number 127 Mm -hmm. in the nation per rivals, the country's number seven defensive tackle. It'll be his first visit to Oklahoma. How are the vibes right now between Wilson and OU as we look forward to his inaugural trip to OU? Well, I think first and foremost, I think the only comparable, I think, when you look at it, from a 2025 standpoint, I think would be a Marion Robinson, right? Um, if he is, in fact, still going to show up on March 9th, like he says, the top, I think he's the top 150 player in the country, top 100 player in the country on rivals. But outside of him, yeah, it's Trent Wilson. And uh, look, Penn State's going to be tough to beat. He's a DMV guy. He's from the D.C. area. He's They're always going to be able to tap into that region because, they're a good three hours away, and it's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's like Oklahoma City to Dallas and why the DFW area is always so uh, 
fruitful for Oklahoma on the recruiting landscape. So um, it, it, Oklahoma has made inroads there over the last, what, decade. They've gotten a lot of DMV guys. They've gotten a lot of DMV, DV, DMV guys that have gotten to, gotten to the NFL in the last decade. So Oklahoma has a path. They have uh, just kind of a trend there. And so that has, one, caught Trent Wilson's eyes. And then when you look at, you know, the fact that uh, that staff came from Clemson and they have recruited that DMV area well as uh, on top of that. So when you look at Todd Bates, when you look at uh, his ability to recruit, to build relationships, uh, and when you talk to people on a national level, like Oklahoma is that one team that they're good. And, and you and I have said it a million times as well, that you look at it and you say, hey, if that visit goes well, Oklahoma is going to be a problem in that recruitment. And I still wholeheartedly believe that. Um, if it goes the way we all think it's going to go, I think it will be a Penn State. It'll be an Oklahoma. I think Maryland's going to creep up in there, obviously, and a couple other East Coast teams. But I think Oklahoma will be there. They'll get an official visit if they, they do what they need to do uh, next weekend. And it's going to be big for Oklahoma because, look, I think he's the top-rated defensive tackle outside of Landon Rink that Oklahoma's in on right now. So, uh, and, and it's not because of Oklahoma not being able to recruit defensive tackles, people. I think 2024 proved that. It's, the 2025 class just isn't very deep. Like, it's just not, and particularly in this region and nationally as a whole. So, I think 26, 27 is where you're going to see Oklahoma really get back into getting the top, you know, five, ten defensive tackles in the country. But uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard pickings in this class. Wouldn't you agree, Parker? That I would, Brandon, and we appreciate the time. Always glad to have you on the show. Brandon, of course, is a Friday regular here on Steely and Thune at noon. Brandon, uh, take care. We'll catch up with you again next week. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. That is Brandon Drum, co-publisher at OUinsider.com. Final break, and we'll come back, wrap up this Friday installment of Steely and Thune at noon, and then, of course, come 2 o'clock. Tyler McComas and I get you locked in with an hour of nothing but Sooners recruiting talk. That's all on the other side. Keep it right here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans, and we'll be back. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Final segment of this Friday installment of Steely and Thune at noon here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. The Steel Man is out this week. Last segment that we have to get through in his absence. He'll be back on Monday. Parker Thune here at Riverwind Casino. Drake Dyken in the Brown O'Haver. I'm, I'm sorry, the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line always available to you at 405-651-3439. And a piece of news, very important news, that came down the shoot last night that we have not yet discussed is that the Sooners made a significant financial investment in one Todd Bates. Now, I don't know how publicly this was known, but Auburn was among the schools that made a run at Bates, tried to lure him away from OU this past offseason, and it became evident 
that I don't know if the Sooners needed to give him a raise to keep him around, but it would certainly drastically improve their chances of retaining him long term uh, if they did give him a raise. And they are in the process of doing so. Now, uh, in January, the Oklahoma Board of Regents had approved standard raises for all of OU's on-field assistance. Uh, they'd extended Bates through January 2027 with an annual salary of $700,000. Now, last night, it was Matt Zenitz of 24-7 Sports that first reported that Oklahoma is in the process of giving Bates another race, finalizing a new three-year contract that's going to make him one of the highest-paid defensive positional coaches in America and pay him on average per year. Now, it was not much more than a year ago, maybe less, in fact. Zadavian Sims was what? That was a May commitment? So it hasn't been all that long since Todd Bates was getting more flack on the text line and on social media from the OU fan base than any other assistant on the staff. Since then, he's landed Jaden Jackson. He's landed David Stone. And he's landed himself a nice extra chunk of change. Todd Bates, once again, going to be making, on average, $900,000 over the next three years as OU's defensive tackles coach. And that would also lead you to believe that he's not going to be in imminent danger of being poached this coming offseason or any offseason thereafter. Obviously, he likes being at Oklahoma, likes working with Brent Venables. He was one that chose to follow Venables from clemson so he's got roots here and the sooners administration definitely looking to strengthen those roots and have done so with this close to finalized extension and raise for todd bates what do you think drake i mean well deserved you talked about up until this last recruiting class Todd Bates, since he had gotten to OU, had kind of drawn the ire of uh, Sooner Nation. A lot of people, unwarranted, of course, but had drawn a lot of ire from Sooner fans out there that looked at him, oh, well, he can't close the big guys. This was the reason he was brought in, that he was supposed to bring in all these big-time D-tackle prospects. Well, as you just ran down the last uh, D-tackle class, I mean, what he did was incredible. This last year might be the best that they've had in a long time. Like maybe going back to the same class that had Tommy Harris, Dusty Warcheck. That's like the caliber of recruits that they have in this uh, last signing class. It's it's well deserved. I mean, it, you look at the way that all of the assistants on this uh, staff have recruited so far. Uh, there's not really one guy that you can point at as like, well, he hasn't earned a raise at this point. No, Todd Bates is one of those guys that definitely has earned it. Um, happy for him. Happy that he's staying at OU because I think it he is a hell of a coach, a good developer of football players and also young men. Yeah, and I think it's pretty well understood, maybe goes without saying, you're not going to keep Todd Bates around forever. That is a guy yep. that I would say within the next half decade, if not sooner, is going to be in the mix for some big-time defensive coordinator positions across the country, perhaps even head coaching opportunities. He is revered, well-respected, obviously has an outstanding track record when it comes to both recruiting and development. So he's been integral in helping Oklahoma establish the foundation of a new defensive culture 
in the Brent Venables era. And let's not forget, there was a lot of work to be done in that department when Venables showed up. Obviously, the head ball coach himself has had all in all the largest role therein, but Todd Bates has been right there alongside him for all of it. And poised to recruit pretty dang well again here in the 2025 class. One commit already in Kamari Moore, and there should be another couple ones in the boat here within the next few months. Good ones at that. All right, we are up against it. Running up against the weekend here on a Friday out at Riverwind Casino. Uh, this is this is the end of the line for Steelman and Thune without the Steelman. He'll be back on Monday. It'll be back to business as usual. Uh, this is not the end of the line. Far from it as to our programming today from Riverwind Casino. On the other side, uh, top of the hour, Tyler McComas and I are going to get you locked into all things OU recruiting from 2 to 3 p.m. And then Teddy Lehman is going to come on down here to Riverwind, sit in the seat that I'm sitting in now, and take you guys home. 3 to 6 p.m., Tyler and Teddy are going to have the rush here, as they do every afternoon, on the ref, the Homeless Sooner fans. So stick around for that. want to remind you guys, I want to thank Black Thunder Roofing for sponsoring the second hour of the show. want to thank Riverwind Casino for the opportunity to be out here. Don't forget, lots of promotions coming up out here at Riverwind in March. The Night Owl promotion, the 100K Emerald Magic Riches, 6k layups in the loft the luckies 30k clubs and clovers promotion and of course the riverwind obi blood drive on wednesday march 20th held in the showplace theater all donors set to receive ten dollars in bonus play plus a scratcher so lots of reasons to come out here to riverwind casino simply the best lots of reasons for you to keep your radio dial right here it's the ref the homeless sooner fans lots more to come locked in is next for the latest recruiting and Sooner news, catch Tyler McComas and Parker Thune on Locked In. Weekday afternoons from 2 to 3, right here on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network.